I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. In this podcast, we chat about what's going on with Borough. Have we been found out? Are the positives to take from the week? And of course, we answer your podcast questions. This is the Borough Breakdown podcast, and this is all your Borough Match Day chatter in a pod. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Hello and welcome to the Bora Breakdown Podcast with Johnny and Dana. We are the Bora Podcast that gives you all of your Bora match day chatter in a podcast. And Bora lose to Burnley. We draw against Bristol City. No wins in three and Bora drop to fourth. Uh, Dana Malt, how are you feeling about Bora after the last couple of weeks? A bit strange, to be honest, because I'm a bit frustrated with us from yesterday's game against Bristol City. I can understand and accept the Burnley result because a defeat against champions elect, it was likely to happen. I know I predicted 2-1 in the the, the pre-game show, but that I think was a bit of a hopeful thinking, to be honest. But yeah, the, the game yesterday, people will pin it as a spirited comeback result. And it's good that we got something from it because I remember saying to you and Tom in our group chat, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost both games over the Easter weekend. So the fact that we've got something is better than I ended up expecting. But for us to be 2-0 down, and I don't want this to to turn into a teams like Bristol City rant because that's not what I'm trying to get across here. I, I don't mind Bristol City. I think they've got some good players and I can't hate on a team with that goalkeeper kit but you know the <laughs> first the first goal is a balance between poor defending and some unfortunate ricochets Daryl Lenahan slips it then bounces off him it bounces off Paddy McNair it breaks quite kindly for Bristol City but the second one is just so 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 frustrating I knew as soon as Ryan Giles tried to turn inside and he lost the ball the Borough were in big trouble and people might say that's because of the way that we want to play, the playing out from the back. I don't think that's so much a team style issue. That was just an individual decision issue because he could have easily passed to Zach Steffen and we could have played out from the back that way, as we usually see under Carrick. So that was really frustrating. Um, that really enraged me, actually. It triggered me so much. It was almost like watching us against Coventry again, that Jokerez goal that we conceded from our own bloody throwing. But... Yeah, we we improved after the second goal, but we should never have 
ever have allowed ourselves to be in that position in the, in the first place. So uh, that's annoying. But I yep. understand that the backdrop is still very much positive and um, our, all but one of our playoff rivals dropped points. So the cushion is still relatively healthy between us and outside the playoff places. So still positive. Just that game yesterday annoyed me. Mm. To be fair, I've got, <clears throat> there's one thing that you said there like around um, the Bristol City kit. Lovely. It's a lovely goalkeeper shirt. More I of that, please. We, it reminds me of Middlesbrough's uh, 96, 97, um, or could be 97, 98. I'm thinking Ben Rob, Ben Roberts or Ben Robert, or has he got lobbed from 40 <laughs> yards off Robert or Dave Attell. Um But anyway, that lovely Yikes. kit <laughs> reminded me of that. Well, in terms of Borough um, and, and how we've been over the last couple of weeks, d- disappointing, I think, is probably the, the word, I think, across across Borough fans. And it, I think the rightfully disappointed performances haven't been amazing. Um, you know, I think I thought against Burnley, I thought we were actually okay. I thought we were set up well. You know, we had a good system about us. Application might not have been perfect, uh, but both teams weren't perfect that game. I don't any team's perfect. And then yesterday, uh, yesterday against Bristol City, you know, when we were 2 0 down, I was thinking, oh, God, here we go again. Um, why have we capitulated at this key moment? Good, good of us to tactically have a blip now and not again in the playoffs <laughs> um, if we were to get that. But I do think that we will get it, and I think we will get comfortably. I think it's just one big win. And that is that's it settled for for me. Um, so there's there's not there's so much to be positive about across across the season. No need to to probably pe- press the panic button, but is a bit disappointing to see us trip up in at such a time where we thought we could potentially get the automatics, and now it's slipped away. But as as Grant Lebbett famously once said, that's football. Um, what said? <laughs> said in said every many, every interview many many times um we also yeah. like by the way michael carrick has adopted that so yes. make a note of how many times michael carrick says that's football because i've noticed it and it makes me chuckle well who's in his backroom staff then it is grant ledbetter so mm. maybe he's in his ear and it's every mistake or every part of part of his life you know he, he forgets to put the kettle on in the morning ah that's football um, <laughs> you know he misses he misses the the green light and it goes to amber and red ah, that's football everything <laughs> could we that that could be that's football um <laughs> but following the international break then uh, why do you think we we've, we've had that who a start? Do you think that teams have slightly adjusted the way that the the play against us? Um, I've noticed in the past two away games that Huddersfield and Bristol City set up quite narrow in their defence and in their midfield because you think about the way that we play. You've got Akpom, Archer, Crooks, whoever's playing in that number nine position. You've got Housen, you've got Hackney. If McGree's in the team, you've got McGree. If Ramsey's in the team, you've got Ramsey. They all like to come central. And I think teams are content with conceding space out wide so long as they pack those central areas to be able to deal with the deliveries from Ryan Giles. And I've I noticed against Bristol City, there was a moment about maybe 25 yards out where... There was some passing going on between Ramsey, Housen and Hackney, but there was no real intent to it at that present time because they had to be incredibly patient. Teams know that a lot of Borough's 
strengths come initially from the central areas and i think they're just frustrating us they're putting two walls between us in possession of the ball and their goal and they're happy with that and borough have had to really try hard and wait and be quite patient to try to wait for that opening. So that's what I've noticed. However, what I will say is that, I mean, we've been averaging, I think, two um, over two points per game under Michael Carrick. It was always going to happen that we were going to dip below that, that we were going to endure a little bit of a, I don't want to say... A, a, mom, I, I, a moment of unrest. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. I guess so. Yeah, and relative to our form, a blip. So I'm I'm not really surprised that that it's happened necessarily because it was always going to happen at some point. Yeah. We've been absolutely flying. We could not continue flying throughout the rest of the season, just you know, bouncing back from a few little setbacks. We had to have a point where we'd um record back to back defeats. We've done that three uh, in a row without a win. That's I feel like that was always going to happen, to be honest. So I don't think there needs to be a massive inquest. It's frustrating, but I don't think we need to be asking Michael Carrick if he's interested in the Tottenham job anytime soon. Because I just don't think anything like that's happening. It's just our form is always going to turn at some point. And unfortunately, it's come during the Easter period, which is usually where emotions are quite heightened and the pressure is quite heightened as well. But... We'll see. It's a big test of our bounce back ability after, as I said, three games, no wins. Yeah, look, like I think we, I think with these things as well, you know, we we always want us to win games, and you rightfully said there, like around, we we're always going to have this blip. Um, prior to the uh, blip, you know, Carrick had like a seventy-two percent win rate. Um, you know, like that is incredible. That is champions mm. uh, form. Sixty-four percent now is still pretty much promotion form for a manager to come in and there's a number of things I think you can get frustrated about and um as, as a fan but maybe take a step back and look at it as like kind of like a helicopter helicopter view is it the is it the worst thing in the world to have a blip probably not because you know you you see the best out of a manager when you have these blips you see can they change things can they maybe implement certain ways to overcome an obstacle that we face like so, like, for example, like the last couple of games, you know, we've noticed that teams have started to pack midfield, like you mentioned there. So if a team packs a midfield, there's going to be space elsewhere. There's going to be something that we can counter with a counter. You know, a high-level sport is all about counters for counters for counters. Um, and it's just a game of chess, right? So it's just on Carrick and the, the coach staff and the team, you know, even the players as well, to have these conversations in the in the changing rooms to say so how can we overcome this create the challenge um, and how can we overcome it in, in different ways can we maybe move the ball a little bit quicker through the thirds in transition because that is our biggest strength um can we maybe use the width a little bit more how can we create overloads elsewhere like there's so many different things i think you can do um but also i think it's worth mentioning that every team in the championship has strengths has different strengths and different weaknesses so it's always going to be a challenge else uh, regardless of who you place you could play against Wigan who are bottom of the league and we might struggle one game do you know what i mean like it, because they might have a strength that is our weakness like it's just it's very weird uh, football i'm finding but it's it's something that i don't think we should get too upset about that we've had this stumbling block at all you know Carrick's had what 25 26 games now as, as a manager that's half a season right so if you're a debt or an analyst or you're working in the game that is enough video evidence and data to to kind of back up what you're seeing and implement stuff which Bora might struggle against and you see it in the Premier League where like Fulham 
do amazingly well at the start of the season, like sixth or seventh. And then as this season starts to progress, they're starting to, to regress themselves. You know, like there's so many different things, right? I think teams have just got enough data on character for now to kind of say, we want to implement our way of playing because that's that nullifies one thing. But Carrick will have a number of things up his sleeve to implement over the next coming next in a few few games. So I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think if Bor- have Bor been found out, absolutely not. Um, I think that's a pretty bad football cliche. I just think I hate some... that as well. I'm glad that you've mentioned that because I, I can't stand it when people say that. I I just think that sometimes when a manager gets quote quote unquote found out, he has players in a system where each team can nullify that strength. And that is something that just happens in football. Like sometimes you just, you get checkmated and teams mm. can overcome it. Like, and that is just the end of your management time at a certain period, but then you'll inher- inherit a different group of players and then you might implement a different strength. So it's like, it's just so many different things, right? So, but in terms of Bora being found, found out, come on, like with the highest scorers, you know, one of the highest scorers in, in the league, you know, 64% win rate, one win away from the playoffs. We were in 22nd in October. Like, there's so, so much to be, to be positive about, and we just don't have to worry too much. But there is, like, a defensive issue. I think, I know, like, it sounds ridiculous, but there is one defensive issue that we do have. And um, it's a stat that I can't believe I'm saying this, but Borough have conceded the most in the top half uh, with 50 this season. I think it's joint top of Sunderland. So, I mean, yeah, but anyway. Somewhere in the uh, air in the northeast. Yeah, <laughs> must be something. But our expected, like, goals against over the last few games, you know, three against, um, sorry, sorry, uh, two against um, Huddersfield, 1.4 against uh, Burnley, which I thought was a 1-1 game, really. I didn't think it was a, a 2-1 win. I thought it was very much a draw. Um, and then three yesterday against Bristol City. How do you think... Carrot can tweak things at the back. Um, I think because obviously there's a lot at, at the moment. Say McNair and, and Smith are out of form. They need replacing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What, what what do you think? Where do you think Carrick needs to change things? I think getting Dale Fry back fit as soon as possible will definitely help because I'm not as vitriolic in tongue on um, you know Paddy McNair's performances, but he does have a tendency to to dive in. Paddy, he's a bit on the rash side, whereas I think with Dale Fry, he's a lot safer and he's a lot more patient in when he bites, when he goes in to tackle, when he goes in to press. So I think personnel-wise, I think that would definitely help. Um, I said on tees yesterday, and, and I thought back about this, and I kind of half disagree with myself, but I said that I don't think it's so much a structural issue. But I do think that structurally it plays a part but Borough, the way that we play, I think we accept that we're going to concede key spaces. We're not playing with a back three anymore, are we? We're playing with a back, well, with two centre-halves. And you'll see Tommy Smith will overlap Marcus Force. Ryan Giles has the freedom of the left-hand side. Even with House and Hackney in the centre of midfield, they're not sitting, they're venturing forward as well. So to enable that, numerical advantage that we'd like in the attacking third we are going to run the risk of having men chasing back on the counter to get that numerical advantage defensively so structurally I think at times we can be caught out 
but I am fine with that because it's essentially enabled us to be the second highest scorers in the division. I suppose it's about balancing that out and trying to negate as much as we can those defensive weaknesses. But what I will say is, away from the whole structural argument I've just laid on a plate there, defensive mistakes individually have been a bit costly over the past three games. It reminds me a lot of earlier the season under Wilder, where I can't believe that this season we had Chris Wilder. It feels like it was last season. And that yeah, it does feel like a hot minute, doesn't it? Yeah, there's like been two seasons in one, like pre-World <laughs> Cup and then post-World Cup. Strange. But earlier on the season, we had key defensive errors as well. And we were scratched our heads on this podcast thinking, you know, how have we conceded that? Why have we conceded that? That's mm-hmm. kind of creeping back. Our defence has never been particularly strong and we've noted this it's been known (laughs) that Borough's defense we can let up and give away a lot of big chances we've got away with that for a a large part of Michael Carrick's reign much like how I mentioned with our form it's going to turn at some point I feel like there was always going to be a point in this season where we weren't going to get away with those types of you know chances that we should be conceding and we haven't been so yeah, I think it's just a mix of personnel. Getting Dale Fry back for as soon as possible and putting him back in the team would definitely help that. And structurally, yeah. potentially a little bit of an issue. I don't mind that so much because I think it, it has equated in Borough being very good attacking-wise. And yeah, key individual areas are, are costing us at the moment. Yeah, and on the McNair and Smith like, comments of like looking at a form and stuff like that, for me, like I think McNair looks, just, looks really uncomfortable like in this like mm. current moment, I, I don't know whether it's like admit that like you're saying there's a structural issue. Like, are we giving him enough cover to to you know venture for venture forward and pull out from the back, or are we giving him enough cover defensively to hide his mistakes? I think under Wilder, where we used to play a three, McNair was on McNair was on the left or was on the left hand, and then he did move to the right as well. But on the left hand side, you know, you'd have maybe House and drop in, or you'd have someone that would cover across, so it allowed him to come into the midfield. And it played to his strengths. I think that what McNair's strength is, is, is he's moved, he's driving forward the ball and trying to hit the, a, a key pass into, into good areas of the pitch. His weaknesses are that he's not a defender, like in a two, like not in a two, but he doesn't look like a defender. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's mm. not that's not like uh, me slating him or saying that he's a bad footballer. It's just that sometimes when you're playing, you're in a position that just doesn't suit you. It just you, you feel uncomfortable. You're not as aware, like for me when I was playing. Like I, I would even I'd be, I was a winger. So like if I ever came in central or like I was playing like at centre half or like at left back or I'd move to the right hand side or whatever. Right, I always felt a little bit uncomfortable when I was a bit more central at times. And then like I was just, my weaknesses were exposed. And it's the same as Paddy McNair. Like his position might might not be the best position for Paddy McNair. You know, like I've seen, I've seen him play for for Northern Ireland, and he's been fantastic. He plays as a ten, or he's playing centre mid. You know, brilliant. Like that maybe is his position, but right now we we're in a bit of a dire need. Um, so it kind of needs to, he needs to play there, and he plays up from the back. That is his strength. That gives us a different option, but defensively we're a bit hindered. And I think him being uncomfortable and not being positionally perfect it exposes Smith to an extent because the space between them is a bit big, or you know, we're not put, we have to like occupy a bit more space than we need to, or like we're just not as defensively strong. And you'll see teams doubling up on McNair at the moment, which causes Smith to look 
not as great as he did. So, like, even I think with a personal change for Dyke Steele, I think Dyke Steele would still have the same issues as what Tommy Smith has. But it's just, it's not like a a thing where we should lose sleep over. It's just, it's just one negative in a bunch of positives. Is McNair a good player still? Yeah, he's still a, a half decent footballer, right? You know, you haven't played at this level for so long, and if you weren't a bad footballer, can he change position? Yes, he can. But is he going to play in centre midfield? Would you like to see Paddy McNair midfield? Probably not. So, where are you going to where are you going to play him? You know what I mean? So that's that's the thing. He's playing there because the manager's told him to play there, and also his strength was playing out from the back and defensively. We get like a bit exposed with that, but. I'm like with you. I would like to see uh, Dale Fry come back into uh, centre back, or even Dyke Steele. I think Dyke Steele could potentially do a job at centre back. I've always liked him in central positions, and I know he played defensive midfield originally, then moved to centre half, then obviously right back. I wouldn't mind seeing him there, but like that is maybe not a time to to test that. I don't really know. Mm, no, um, probably not. But we'll see. Like, I know, but there's like you were saying that there's plenty of plenty of positives for Borussia. You know, he's got 55 goals in 25 games. On a character we're averaging over a two a game. What Borussia managers really done that? You know, over the years, like we're gonna have to probably date back to maybe Brian Robson at times. Um, I can't remember like you know what was doing it under Steve McLaren, so uh, or Karanka or like Tony Pulis, where we scored 46 <laughs> goals in a 46 nine goals in the season. Like, you know, we, we haven't really been a goal-scoring group or a team over, like, many years. So it's really good to see that. And I would like us to double down on that. You know what I mean? I would rather us win 2-1 every week um, than scrape a 1-0. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. maybe, maybe that's a wrong way of playing it. And maybe someone will have a different opinion and be like, yeah, I want us to win 1-0 every week. Um, but for me... I don't know what you think, Dana, but like I just think our positives outweigh our negatives in such a way that it is really positive to watch. And I feel like sometimes when we get beat, we forget we forget that. Do you know what I mean? It's like Bristol City, we were 2-0 dead and buried and we still brought it back. That is it is good character. It is good <laughs> it is good that we've done done that. Do you know what I mean? Like teams a good side doesn't do that. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think we should double down like on the strength side of things? Or would you like to maybe see us rein it back in and become a bit harder to beat? No, I don't. I mean, I was talking to Benjamin Bloom about this the other day, and he was talking about the dark arts, not Benjamin Button. I thought um, you were going to say Benjamin Button. No, that's I, I, I always, ha- I always have to think before I speak there because I do go <laughs> to say Benjamin Button all the time. But um, yeah, he was sort of saying like, <laughs> sorry, do you need to, do we need to engage in the dark arts a little bit more um, because other teams will in the playoffs and effectively the conversation was around do we need to maybe show up shop a lot more than we do because we have this weird habit and it's fun but it's also not good for any anxiety where we make games chaotic like at times yesterday against Bristol City it was really calm it's really tranquil it was peaceful we had control and then we lost it and it's a bit like what you said on the last episode Johnny where when we lose control we can lose it almost catastrophically moments of madness yeah yeah moments of madness our games are never dull they're never ever dull and you know what in my fandom supporting meals where I've said this before I've just seen dull football. I've <laughs> yeah. gone to the game 
and I've come home and I've just thought, well, that wasn't very good, was it? You know, it wasn't fun. It wasn't engaging. It wasn't entertaining. It was nothing. It was just a whole load of nothingness. So I am happy to kind of ride through that anxiety. Other people will not like it. They will much prefer what you just said there, a 1-0 win every day of the week. But for me, I like the fun. I like the fact that we score goals. And if that means that we concede a few chances, a big chances, listen, I'm going to come on this podcast, I'm going to mourn about it, but then I'm going to go away from this laptop and I'm going to be like, fine <laughs> I can accept it I can accept it I'll whinge about it but I can accept it so yeah I, I like the way that we play I don't really want to see us tweak anything or change anything spectacularly and I don't think Michael Carrick will do that I think he'll probably stick to his guns it's got us to where we are that's the thing it's got us to where we are and I don't really think many people will complain um, about the, the fun or the chaos of it all yeah, well, look, embrace the chaos is probably the best way to to say it. Like, there is going to be moments of madness in in Boris games. Like, I think it's just, I think teams that obviously are, and we'll come to it in the questions. Like, they are finding ways to hit us. Um, you know, yeah. when we're coming out from from half time or like the start of the game, key moments where if you come up, if you're coming at the game a little bit cold, you're gonna know about it. Um, but with, with Boris, like, I think there is moments where it can be chaotic and end to end, but I think sometimes that brings out Boris' strength, strength in, in that transition. You know, if teams want to bomb forward, brilliant, because we will counter in such a really positive way and create a lot of problems uh, for you. And we're doing that in conceding chances, but the amount of chances we create, no wonder Tube has scored 26 goals this season. You know what I mean? Like, I think I would score 26 goals. No, no, no I'm joking. Uh, I'd score 30 goals. <laughs> um, but, like, you know what I mean? We, we've got goal scorers all over the pitch, and we've never had that in a, in, in a long time. And it's just, I think sometimes I'm, like, maybe, like, you know, being overly positive. But, like, I think there's just some things where, like, it, it just excites me to watch us. And I feel quite calm that we might get the playoffs unless something catastrophic happens which could happen you know but i think the overall arching thing is that it's bright and hopefully we can do something positive in the next few games which think from like the weeks just gone and probably we'll push it back further to the international break where you know where we got beat off huddersfield these last 10 days are there actually many positives to take from you know the the two defeats and a draw yeah, I think so. I mean, we still are scoring goals. We're still creating chances. We should never, ever, ever take that for granted. So it's good that we can get ourselves into positions where we can get something out of the game after having taken a few step uh, setbacks. Obviously, it was not going to happen against Huddersfield. I did think, though, at 2-1, I was like, yeah, we're going to win this 3-2, it'll be fine. <laughs> and then obviously what happened, happened. But we still score goals, which is good. I think Aaron Ramsey is brilliant. I really, really rate him. I think he has been good. Um, so there's a positive. Crooks scoring as well. Everyone always says to me, Crooks is shit. <laughs> he scores goals. Just in the middle, just in the middle of Lays and B. Someone's going, <laughs> Crooks is shit, and he. <laughs> but, the, but, but the thing is, is people will say that, but I'd much rather Crooks be shit and score goals than him just be shit. So. Yeah, 
you know, macro scan on the score sheet as well. I just personally always love to see macro score because I think he's a brilliant human being and, and you know, a brilliant person to have at the football club and a good footballer. He's a good footballer. People will say that he isn't. I think that he is, in my opinion. So, yeah. And, and also what I mentioned at the top of the show as well, Millwall lost, Norwich drew, Blackburn drew, our playoff rivals, Balu and obviously the fun suckers, they all drop points. So that's also a positive. And Preston, who we mm. obliterated, uh, now seventh, um, which Crazy. is just a nuts league um, where anything can happen. But how many points do you reckon we need, Dana, to, to secure the the playoff spot. I mean, appreciate it. It can be we can be confident that we'll we'll probably get there. Appreciate it is six points, and with five games to go, and that could be nothing, you know, given the championship. But how many points do you reckon we need to just to just to keep things secure and and comfortable? I never know how to answer these questions because it's not just Borough, is it? It's our playoff rivals and and what they do. I will look at the the run-ins of each team below us. So Millwall have an informed Preston next, then they have Birmingham, Wigan, Blackpool and Blackburn. So meh, fairly tame tough. run, I would say. Yeah. Millwall Some struggle against but... teams that um, you know sit deeper, you know, they can't break them down. Mm, but there are oh, some crap teams there, Wigan and Blackpool particularly. Uh, Blackburn have a really difficult run. They have a harder run than we do. They've got Hull, Coventry, Preston, Burnley, Luton, and Millwall. And I I'm never convinced by Blackburn. I think I always feel like Blackburn find a way to bottle it. Like mm. they just I, I never feel like they'll get into the top six because of that. Wasn't the thing that we I think we I don't think we shared it, but well I think it was a chat with me, you and Tom, wasn't it the Blackburn could be 17th or something based on their expected points this season. Is it something ridiculous like that? Yeah, we were talking about it after the last podcast, weren't we? And I know, yeah, I noticed Blackburn, they were quite yeah. far down the table in terms of expected points. So, yeah, whether you put a lot of weight into that or not, it's absolutely up to the individual. But based on that, they've massively, massively overperformed. But then Norwich, they have obviously ourselves, QPR, Swansea, West Brom and Blackpool. So fairly decent there for them. Preston, the ones to keep an eye out on uh, at the moment. They've got Millwall, Swansea, Blackburn, Sheffield United and Sunderland. So that's a pretty difficult mm. run in. Um, obviously, for, for ourselves, we've got Norwich and then we've got Hull, Luton, Rotherham and Coventry. I'm going to say... If we win the next two games, that's fine. I think that's probably comfortable for us. Back-to-back home games there, it's a massive opportunity. I would probably say, yeah, six points our, our next two games, I think we will be comfortable in the playoffs. Yeah, I understand. I mean, two wins will do it. Um, mm. Or probably even one win and teams drop. You know, like, it's yeah. just creating, you know, like a bit more of a space than we need it to be. And, you know... Like we could still we could win five games in a row, and you never know. Wish I feel United. Um, they might just don't, Johnny, don't. And, then, and then loot, and then loot, and we'll finish seconds, and then we we'll play them in the final. Um, carnage, absolute carnage. Um, 
but let, let's move on, um, you know, and, and talk about some news from, from today that Matt Carrick is up for a manager of the season in the EFL Awards, uh, whilst Chewbacom and Hayden Hackney up for player of the season and young player of the season, respectively. Um, and I'll let you choose who's up for what um, on, on that one. Um, but the winners will be announced on the 23rd of April. Then it, it really does show how good of a job Carrick's done since he's came into the building, um, doesn't it? You know, to manage, what, 25, 26 games and to be nominated for the Manager of the Season Award. You know, I've seen Tuba have unreal form and Hayden Hackney coming in into the group. appreciate it was Leo that brought him in, but to, for Carrick to keep him in, um, it just shows, like, collectively, what a good job and second half of the season it, it's really been, right? Yeah, and he doesn't have to win that because I think we as Borough fans know what he's brought to this club and to this town in such a short space of time. And uh, yeah, I don't think he needs an award to kind of confirm that, although it would be nice to win it, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. it, it probably won't happen because it's Vincent Company, obviously Burnley are going up as champions, aren't they? So he'll probably take that one. But I think we've got a good chance with the player of the season. Um, if Akpom doesn't win that, then it's payback for Patrick Bamford winning the player of the season in 2015 ahead of Daryl Murphy but yeah um yeah he doesn't none of them need the awards for us to appreciate them but yeah would be nice for us to win one he doesn't need an award then he's already won our hearts and souls (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah why not why not room for three people in it room for three um, anyway, uh, that helps me segue to the present place because the present place is the place where I give praise to a manager, a player, a fan. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I don't even know where to, uh, where to praise anymore. To be honest, I've said so much on this podcast. I just don't even know. What's I was going to say, my <laughs> hair it's not really pink anymore. To be honest, your peach coloured hair. Yeah, peach coloured hair. <laughs> there we go. Um, we know our colours uh, on this podcast. <laughs> uh, who gets your place in the present place uh, this week? I want to shot Aaron Ramsey in there again. Um, I know I mentioned my praise of him uh, earlier, but his goal changed that game and it was a really aesthetically pleasing goal as well. As you tweeted on the Borough Breakdown account, he definitely did shout macaroni before he headed that in. Um, I think every diving header is just a Massimo macaroni header, right? We don't see them too often. That's probably the first one we've seen since 2006, but... um, that was a good goal and it changed the game. And then obviously he supplied the assist for Crooks' equaliser. So he's I really rate Ramsey. I mentioned last episode that I wasn't really expecting too much from him, but I feel like he might end up being better than his brother, Jacob, who's a very good player as well. Um, I think, didn't you mention um, that one of your Aston Villa contacts did say that he's rated he a little did. bit higher than Jacob? So He hmm, did. Um, they really do not want they really do not want to sell Cameron Archer and Aaron Ramsey so I'm interested to see what Unai Emery does but you know top they're in top six now aren't they in the the Premier League so Hmm. we could have them we could have them for another year right what's 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 another year between between friends you know so with with, um the lovely darling that is Ollie Watkins my one of my favourite strikers outside of um, obviously any Borough player. He's doing really well this season or has definitely improved of, of late anyway in, in terms of his form. So Cameron Archer, come back. I know you haven't left yet, but, you know, come back. Please, <laughs> Please Cameron, I know you're watching. <laughs> Please come back. Um, well, I don't know what it was there, but, you know, you triggered a memory there over me when you said... Um, oh, Darlin, like do you know, like the Carlin Darlin thing from that video. <laughs> from you can't two, beat a bit of Carlin Darlin. Yeah, from that 2004 <laughs> Carlin Cup father from the Dickens. Oh, that is arguably probably one of the best videos I think I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, just I, I don't even know how you can find it to be honest. It's just the best thing I've ever seen. We'll retweet uh, it or something, we'll post it on Twitter somewhere. Yeah, I think that video in, in itself could be in the present place, for us. We call it like the Carmen Darling present <laughs> place uh, on this podcast. Um, but who can gets I, my... Go on, can, go I on, get, go. can I just put another one in there as well? Um, so Borough have been um, nominated for the EFL Diversity Award as well for their River Side by Side campaign, their equi- uh, equipment, <laughs> commitment, sorry, to <laughs> the equality. flags. <laughs> <laughs> the ball by... <laughs> their commitment to the equipment their commitment to (laughs) equality diversity and inclusion so that's that's brilliant for us to be uh, nominated for that as well so yeah well done to to everyone at Borough behind the scenes for that one as well yeah congratulations uh, Borough all the positive things come up from this season you know all the awards uh, that we're getting so it's it's really good really good to see but I'm trying to think of who I can put in the praise and place this week um Aaron Ramsey definitely should be in there, you know, for his, his saving grace um, performance on 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 Monday. And oh God, I don't know. I don't know who else I could put in really. Um, I like Zach Stefan. You know, he, he gets. I was going to say he, Stefan. Yeah, he gets a bit of heat, you know, but 
you need people need to understand he's slow on the ball because it attracts pressure. Um, and what does when people attract pressure, what does that create? Space. Um, and it helps us play. So just please just let him kick the ball in peace. I'm pretty bad when Carrick's telling the crowd to calm down as well. Like, yeah, it's cringeworthy to a degree that you know, Stefan and, and Core getting heckled because the way that we're playing is the reason why we are where we are. So, yeah, if, mm. if anyone is listening and uh, and does vocally, what's what's the, the challenge? Phrase? Yeah, challenge is the way that we play. I honestly. I would like to ask why, politely. Well, just want to hit along into the channels um, because everyone loves that. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it can be effective. I mean, look at Neil Warnock. Like, he's had, what, 20% possession in the last three games, scored 10. So, I mean, mm. you can't fuck. You know, wins the old direct approach, you know. It's lost, to be fair. And, you know, teams should play in some sort of direct way because it helps diverse, like diversifying the, the league. So... Who knows? But anyway, you get found out eventually and it all falls apart, like I said earlier in the podcast. But anyway, um, podcast questions. So every week you get the chance to send us your question uh, via Twitter, borough underscore breakdown. Uh, email us at theboroughbreakdown at hotmail.com or join our Telegram chat where we chat everything but Borough. Um, and you can join the Telegram chat for absolutely free of charge. Uh, we post some news in there uh, through the broadcasting side of things. You know, we chat about football stuff and maybe we might even chat about the wobbly goblin um when that it's just all fun and games um anyway the first question it's from ten it's on twitter and he says is it a worry how slowly we start after the restart of bristol city huddersfield two in the last three games where we started a little bit slow um dinner is it a bit of a worry you know those moments of madness i guess coming back coming back right not after the restart, no, because Borough are actually, in terms of goals scored, pretty good after the break. We've scored uh, 23 goals this season in the 15 minutes after half time. That's a lion's share of uh, a 15 minute block. And that's 31% of our total goals as well. No team in the championship has scored more in that time. <sighs> I wouldn't really say this is a concern, but the the annoyance for me is the 15 minutes at the start of games in the first half, because we've conceded 13 in the opening 15 minutes of a game more than in any other 15 minute block in a football match. And eight of those goals that we've conceded in the opening 15 minutes have come under Michael Carrick. So there are slow starts in the beginning of games, but as I've said, a few times in response to this question or this kind of question, because we are such a good goal scoring team, it's not a concern to me. It's just a little bit of an annoyance that sometimes performance wise and in terms of goals conceded, we can sometimes start a little bit sluggishly, but for all of the narrative around these slow starts, I do think it is worth praising the stat that I just mentioned there, that the majority of Borough's goals that we've scored this season have come between the 46th and 60th minute. I think that's really good. And when you see it visually, I don't have the graphic to hand at the moment, but we'll post it on Twitter. I think we have posted it on Twitter earlier this season. It's it's really good. It's really impressive that we come back out after halftime and score 31% of our total goals tally in that time. I think that's brilliant. So, yeah, yeah performance-wise, sometimes we do start a little bit slowly in games um 
but when we get going, we get going. And I think that's fine for me. Yeah, wasn't it? I think it was on, on Sky Sports yesterday about the stats of Borough's goals. I think we're minus one goal difference in the first half and plus 27 in the second half or something mm, daft yeah. like that. I think Massive I'm, I'm contrast, ho- massive improvement. Yeah. It's not, how, it's not how we start, it's how we finish. Um, and you never know, that could be promotion. Um, so I'm hoping that can be our start. That, that could be the story of our season. Started horrendously, horrendous, mm. and then start, finished well. But who knows? Um, next question is from Gareth, and I'll take this one, Dean. And it says, do we think it's time uh, Dyke Steele starts over Paddy if Dale isn't fit? Hope you're getting, I hope you're getting our wobble out of the way and now be ready for the playoffs. Um, to be honest, Gareth, like I mentioned earlier, as much as I love to see Dyke Steele there, um, and I, you know, I absolutely love Anthony Dyke Steele. You know, we even got a flag uh, <laughs> with him with him on, and even Johnny's happy place, Dyke Steele is the son. I mean, um, that flag's a bit redundant now, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah, I mean, it is yeah, a bit redundant. Now, yeah. one. Yeah, so... Um, but in terms of like his, his, his style and attributes, can he play there? Yes. Um, will he be good there? I think he could be. And I would like to see, I've always liked to see Dyke still in, the, in a central position because I just feel like he 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 fits that like quarterback role really of like centre-back and just centre-defensive mid. Like someone just between that would be perfect for him. And he, he played really, really well in a three. Um, but would he... Be, would he be the right fit now? Probably not. I, I think he's. I think we've missed too many games now, where I feel like it's a bit of ring rust, and mm-hmm. like he's just not going to be as sharp as you want him to be to come into the, the eleven now um, and hit the ground running. So for me, I think you've got to double down on on McNair, and, and I know he's out of form, and I know it's not the right position for him, but maybe just one more game whilst Fry's just recuperating for whatever he's done um and then he'll come back in and things will be uh be rosy again but would i like to see dexter there why not it just is it, just, is it gonna fit right now probably not um but who knows uh, and the final question the um and the final moments of this podcast is, is about dan balassa because we got a lot of questions saying where is balassa who is balassa uh why is a balassa why is a balassa um so what do you think? Why do you think he's not he's not playing, D? Because he's definitely a, a fantastic footballer. Just hasn't really got that look in just yet. So where do you think? Where do you think? Where is Balassa? Why is Balassa? Who is Balassa? I don't know. <laughs> well, where where is he? He's on the bench. But I mean, I think the reason why he's not being playing is because. In Michael Carrick's eyes, Housen and Hackley probably haven't done anything wrong or definitely haven't done anything wrong to in to make them just to make him drop them, to be honest. Mm. So they have performed really, really well under him so far. And yes, I do think in, in Housen sorry, in Hackley's case in particular, he has dropped a little bit below his usual standard, the very high standard that he himself has set such as his fantastic emergence this season. But from Michael Carrick's point of view, he probably just trusts them because he's, you know, they've they've both performed well under him. So Balas is just going to have to wait, unfortunately. And in the case of Dale Fry, by the way, I just want to mention this because a lot of people don't seem to know that Dale Fry was injured. Um, there's a lot of post-match questions around where Dale Fry 
was. Uh, Carrick obviously mentioned on BBC Tees that he got a knock um, in training. He said, so at this moment in time, we're still waiting to see. It was only in the last couple of days that he got that knock. So as of right now, we don't really know yet. We're assessing him and we'll have to make a call when we get back home tomorrow. So, yeah, it, Dale Fry is injured, basically. Sorry, Dana, my, my connection dropped for a split second, but you carried on very well there. Um, I didn't even realise. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's, a, it's a good, it was a good bit of, uh, of uh, an interview, well, not interview from, from Carrie, like good information because I think, you know, it's, I think it's very easy to to point the finger of saying, why is Friday dropped as he said something in training or whatever. But yeah, I think he's just, I don't think he's been fully fit. I don't think that's why we haven't been playing him for like the last few weeks. I just think he hasn't been hundred percent. So we've not wanted to to risk him. So to but it'd be good to have him back whenever he's he's fit. And then as for Balassa, I would like to see him. I know like Housen and, and Hackney played relatively okay. I would like to see him instead of Housen, I must admit. I think he's I get frustrated at Housen sometimes. You know, passing's just not as crisp, but that's just me being um, frustrated at the 1% of being much better. But yeah, I think Dan Balas is great. He's definitely the future. And I think he will have a very big say in how we play um, in the coming years. Um, but Dana, thank you very much uh, for joining me as always. And to the listeners and the viewers, thank you very much for listening to us and watching us on YouTube. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on your Apple podcast provider or on the podcast provider that you listen to because that helps us get found chatted and all that fun stuff and don't forget to like this video on youtube that helps us get up in the rankings and helps us showcase to more borough fans and just football fans that like to you know watch shows about football um but for right now uh dana and all the listeners borough have had an easter weekend um but can we resurrect the season uh in the coming games this has been the borough breakdown podcast and that was like a Borough Match Day chatter in a pod. Up the Borough Breakdown. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 